Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Okay, thank you. Hi. Yeah, I'm Jackie. I'm a sexaholic and I'm from uh, from the Netherlands. I'll start again. My sobriety date is the 4th of January 2010. <laughs> no, no worries, Francis. Um, yeah, the topic uh, that I'm going to share on is overcoming fear. <laughs> and I fear, feel my fear coming up. Now I have to speak. Um, I'll first start with a, <clears throat> a reading from uh, from the big book, um, and it's on page 124, just 124, and it's near the end. <clears throat> Sorry. Cling to the thought that in God's hand, the dark past is the greatest possession you have, the key to life and happiness for others. With it, you can avert death and misery for them. Um, so, yeah, that is, you know, as we say, experience, um, strength and hope. <laughs> um, where do I start? Yeah. Um, just before I came into uh, to SA program, I'm uh, I'm also in another uh, uh, program in uh, in AA. It was, uh, I think, six months when I was um, sober in in that program that I had a I had this really um, strange experience. And um, I remember talking with my my AA sponsor, like, you know, what happened? I was at at this event and all of a sudden I felt fearful. Normally I'd be jumping around and screaming and yelling and, you know, going in. And I felt very fearful. This was with a group and, um, you know, I wanted to cry. I wanted to leave. I thought, you know, this is strange. I really don't recognize myself in this. And that was for the the first time that um, uh, was explained to me, and I got to see that my my fear had been warped. I had mistaken the adrenaline for excitement. So you know that was uh, for me mind blowing. Like oh my goodness. Um, I'll fast forward when I came into SA the first um, one and a half year. I didn't have a sponsor. I, co- I was co-sponsor. We were co- co-sponsoring somebody else. It didn't work out too well. But after that one and a half year, I got myself an SA sponsor. Uh, I worked the the steps uh, with her, and I think it was also uh, going into my third or fourth year of recovery that. Um, I started to get more fearful and I was questioning my essay sponsor, you know, how is this possible? What am I doing wrong? What, you know, what is going on here? <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and that was really, really, really confusing. And she said to me, you know, um, the years, uh, she said, you've probably been fearful uh, all the time, all those years before you came into recovery you know, that fear was there and that, uh, you know, you'd covered it up with uh, 
with lust, uh, numbing myself either with a substance or, or other behaviors, you know, just not to feel the fear. I'm getting really hot. I have hot flashes. So I'm putting on my little fan. I hope it doesn't disturb the, uh, uh, um, the sound. Um, so, yeah, that, that was uh, like, oh, my goodness, how am I going to go, go through, th- through this? You know, and it was um, one, um, as we say, lust temptation at a time, but also one fear at a time. You know, even the strangest small things like just normally – uh, doing a phone call for my own administration, those kind of things. I was fearful. I wanted to put it off. I didn't want to do it. And that's where, you know, I had to pray and put in the work and, uh, you know, just pick up the phone and phone. Um, and also during during time um, in, in recovery, I got to see that um, – Actually, at a very, very, very young age, um, I had also started to cover my fears up with lust because I knew doing my step one, my uh, step one, uh, written step one, uh, uh, that um, that my lust had started at a very young age. Uh, at that time, you know, I was living in a, a in a country that was um, at war. Um, and uh, my parents didn't talk too much, but you know the fear was the fear was there. So uh, so that's you know I sensed that as a child and I covered it up. So that was like okay, it's it's I started to realize that. But you know, do I have something? You know, does that help me with my lust? No, <laughs> but it was an idea. Like oh yeah, as my sponsor said, that fear has probably been there all my life. You know, so I uh, I always say, you know, yes, I am a fearful person. Um, I don't have the illusion today that um, that that will go away one hundred percent. But what um, what is the case is that by sharing sharing things, also sometimes um, with my sponsor, uh, I'm able to see, you know, get get my fears into this box of being more manageable and the and in the realistic as we also say you know there's the fear false evidence appearing real um and at the same time it's like yeah wow how do i do that but first of all you know i have to acknowledge for myself yes i'm fearful about this, this, of this, or what going on, or the situation that I'm in. Um, I have to treat it like lust. If I if I don't treat it like lust, and I don't acknowledge the fear, lust is knocking on my door, and I do go into fear that you know everything. Well, not everything, but things that my eyes see, hear, or or fantasies that you know I have stored in my brain from the past are very, very attractive. Um, so that's why, you know, as soon as I can acknowledge that I'm feeling fearful about something, I can say, um, you know, as I pray, um, I say my prayers, you know, uh, that uh, I ask um, my higher power to show me, you know, what I'm trying to find in being fearful about something. 
Um, I'll also um, share on a couple of examples because otherwise it's just a talk. <laughs> we don't have the experience strength at all then, right? <laughs> uh, well, first, there, there are many situations, but I just took one or two because I don't know how much time I, I have when I'm uh, talking about it. I, yeah, I see the timer, but um, um, for example, here in, in, in the Netherlands, you know, we ride the bikes a lot, you know, that's also part of our, our uh, transport. And uh, I don't have a car, so um, I, I, I cycle. That's my, my main transport, or I use the public transport. Um, and uh, what, what happened to me was that, um, you know, something happened in the traffic or I got cut off or I did something and somebody started yelling. You know, I got tremendously fearful, but I, I didn't realize it at that moment. I would go into what I call into a doom fantasy, you know, kind of like going through all kinds of situations, which, what would have happened, what could have happened, how would have re reacted. And that actually has the same effect uh, as lust. You know, I'm taking myself out of reality because I can't deal with what's happening at the moment, but I didn't know it then. It took a little bit of time to realize, you know, that this was going on. Um, sometimes as well, when I got a real fright, you know, I'd hold my breath and really tense up, like just hold the bars, like, Ugh! and I've also gotten to see and heard that, you know, by doing that, somehow that fear stays or trauma, you know, it might be small things, but it stays in my body. So I stayed tense all the time as well when I was at home. Um, and and now when I get a fright, I, I make a little noise that, you know, some air comes out of my mouth, you know, it might be a really weird sound, but, you know, I make that noise so that somehow... It, that energy is also leaving leaving my body. Um, this this took a little bit of while, you know, what was going on here. And I'd first also, you know, also when there's a fright, I'd get very angry, um, go into the doom fantasy, you know, all that, all those kind of reactions going on. And uh, as I said in the beginning, I had to acknowledge, that, oh yeah, I got a fright. And pray, and sometimes I, I'm not able to acknowledge it at first sight, that I pray straight away, either the serenity prayer or, you know, ask uh, God to help me. And I might have to repeat that a couple of times, especially with the doom fantasies, because it pops up, then I'm starting to catch, catch on to a, a part of the fantasy. Um, so that has been, for me, really a, a useful tool, you know, and I had no idea that, you know, as I'm sharing this, that it sounds really, really a small thing, but it has such a huge effect on me. And by acknowledging and, and you know, and seeing that this happens to me, it becomes, you know, a little bit more, more manageable and realistic. Like, oh, this happens to me. So I need to be careful when I get a fright. Um yeah, and um, at uh, um, at the moment, um, this is uh, what is. Oh, oh no, there's another situation um, as well that is um, that um, 
get by, by coming into SA, we get to travel, <laughs> I get to travel to conventions or, or, or other things. And um, that was also something that uh, I thought, oh, yay, I love to fly and I love to go to the airport, this and that. Um, and um, but going to to the airport, I noticed all of a sudden that, you know, <laughs> my fear level was rising. I was really nervous. I was jittery. I couldn't, I couldn't think straight. You know, I packed all my stuff and I've got all my stuff together. But the day of traveling, as soon as I put my foot out of the door, you know, this started to happen. I, you know, what's going on? I've traveled before. This isn't the first time in my life. <laughs> so I realized fear. That is my fear. I have this fear of traveling. So that then again, it's also acknowledging, okay, I get fearful as soon as I step out of the door and things turn out a little bit different for me. So I need to be gentle with myself and careful and say prayers and make sure that I don't get too tired. Um, so, yeah, then I was at the uh, at the airport also going um, um yeah, we have to go through the security checks because I was so nervous, you know. You'd see that the security people would be looking at you a little bit more like, what's what's going on with this woman? <laughs> so, you know, then again, I'm like, okay, this happens to me as well. But another thing that I was actually blown away by by myself was that, you know, I'm, you know, I can... I can see see signs and I know what they mean, even the, you know, the very simplified signs. But I noticed as soon as I'm in this state, I am not able to read the signs. So they were the first time that that happened. I was walking in different directions and, you know, getting really nervous and uptight. You know, what am I going to do? I don't know where to go and looking at the time and and panicking and even by talking I can already feel my my fear level or my 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 breath going up so um so then again you know I learned and it was also suggested uh also by my sponsors that you know um and also in other situations you know if I don't know I can step aside I can pause I breathe in and breathe out it's like a it's a mini meditation conscious contact whether I say a prayer I'm able to say a prayer at that moment or not I just step aside because if I just stand still you know people will bump into me and I get nervous about that so I step aside like okay breathe in and breathe out and then it was like okay I've got a plan here plan a can I look at the sign and see where I need to go and then you know okay if it's not working then plan b I get to ask somebody to help me. You know, where do I need to go? I need to ask. And of course, I need to be careful who I ask. <laughs> so either the people on uh, at the airport or somebody uh, who who I don't catch my eye on uh, that's uh, attractive for me. So yeah, that that um, that uh, uh, the first time that I realized that and started doing that, you know, I was able to relax a little bit more. And uh, I've noticed that it's not only in airports, also in other uh, other situations that that happens, that I'm just not able to read the signs. Um, and as soon as I realize I'm able to, okay, now I just need to calm down, breathe in, breathe out. And if I if I'm not able to to see see where I need to go, I, I ask. 
you know, so has has the fear gone? No, but by acknowledging it, it has become a lot less, as I said, manageable. And reality, accepting that this is what happens to me, and that's okay. It might not happen to other people, but I'm not other people. And I do, you know, as I also say, work through work through the, the, the fear. Um, yeah, and um, the next thing is this is this is currently at the moment um, is um, the job I'm working. I'm working for um, for the, we call it a job agency, and um, due to Corona, I have a job, and that you know I knew that this would also be temporary. So I've been working here for some time now, but that at some time this would end. So um, I think it started two three months ago that I started getting really fearful. I'm having some issues with my health, uh, maybe due to age, maybe other things that I'm like, oh, I'm. will I be able to work uh, due to my age? Will I be able to, what will I be able to do in work? Because I've had very many different uh, types of works and things. So I have no idea. Um, and um, fear, fear of financial insecurity, then, you know, I'm going to be homeless, I'm going to lose my home, destitute, all those kind of things. Um, so, yeah, that makes me, uh, that made me uh, very, very fearful. And it was, I didn't realize it, but it was gradually, gradually, very gradually building up. Um, so, at a certain point, my uh, my sponsor also said to me, like, okay, I think you need to do a step 10. So this is not doing a step 10 on resentments, but a step 10 on my fears. And oh boy, oh boy, a lot of them came out. You know, I, I, I was able to write them down um, and write it out. Then again, is you know, like identifying what is going on. And then by discussing them, seeing, you know, the manageability, some things, you know, I don't know when I'm going to get another job. Um, nobody knows at this, well, not nobody, but for, for me, you know, that's a big question. And, and that that is there, that is reality. Um, is it something that I need, need to be really, really fearful of? No. Um as false evidence appearing real, I'll never, ever be employed again. There'll probably be something else that I'll be able to do in work. So there might be a period of time now at this moment that things are getting better, that I'll have less uh, uh, finances so that it will be a little bit more lean. Um, so that's getting that in the in the right uh, proportions. And um, the other thing is... Um, is that uh, by put, writing them down and having a look at them, and at the same time, this was at my my other meeting where we do um, the steps and traditions. We had a reading on step twelve, and in that reading was um, in step ten. Uh, step twelve reading was the part that I've been putting my dependency on my financial earnings, my material realistic part instead of being of service so you know it had kind of like got itself a little bit out of proportion and by reading that was again oh yeah I was kind of like forgetting that I need to bring God into this my higher power 
you know, and trusting that this will work out in whatever form, you know. So then again, you know, that brings me also back to step three. And step three is the, uh, um, I don't have the exact wordings here, and I get nervous having to recite that, but it's like the true dependence, uh, not the only the true dependency uh, and in having independence is depending on my uh, God of my understanding. You know, so that brings that all back in. Like, are the fears gone? No, they're not. But I have to work through one thing at a time. You know, it's not, as, as I know, I think I wrote it down. Yeah, courage, as we say in the serenity prayer, you know, um, courage to change the things I can. And that is in spite of the fear, um, taking action, walking through them, and not an absence of fear. Ah, thank you. Yeah, five. So, so that is a huge difference for me. And sometimes accepting the things I cannot change in like trying to co- control a situation that I cannot control. Um, but it does take somebody else when the fear levels are too high or there are other fears that I, I'm not able to identify to talk with. In, the, in that sense, you know, I always find it very, uh, very, um, helpful that I'm able to talk with uh, with my sponsors as you know through the years she knows me quite well um so yeah uh gosh um ah I wrote it down the part that I had read from uh 12 uh, from the 12 and 12 um because I didn't know if I would have the time to read it <laughs> and the worst of all we forgot God in money matters we had faith only in ourselves and not much of that this meant we were far off balance. A job looks like a means of getting money rather than the opportunity for service. Financial dependence looked more important than a right dependence upon God. So, yeah, wow. That, uh, you know, and, and then again, you know, in, in these matters, um, I'm always amazed how my uh, how my higher power works. It works for me, and I know it does work for others. Uh, you know, uh, the same thing is you know I'm in this situation. I've done my my step work on this. I've talked with somebody else, another human being. I'm praying on this, and in another meeting, I get to see the reading that just jumps out, and it's very appropriate for me to keep on remembering that. So, yeah, I have to, uh, I know this is not about lust, but this is very important for me that I do keep, uh, keep, you know, my, my fears in, in, in a realistic proportion because otherwise lust, it spirals into lust and I use lust to medicate myself. Um, and with that, you know, I'll, uh, stop, uh, and I'll thank you all for, uh, for listening. Thanks. Thank you, Francis, and thank you, Jackie, for sharing. Um, I've got to go in like three minutes, so I'm so happy that I could just be here, that I could, uh, I really wanted to hear your share uh, on fear and, um, you know, because we share the same language as well. That's why I also wanted to be here. Um, I'm so glad I could hear it and that I can thank you now, that there's still time to thank you, because I'm going through a similar situation. Uh, I don't know about your health, and 
I, you don't need to tell, but I have chronic pain since six years and it scares me so much because I'm out of job now. I'm, I'm taking a little break. In September, I have to go back to work and the fear is so overwhelming. Like, what if I don't find a job? What if I, I, I cannot work full time because I have so much pain? I need to work part time. What if I cannot pay rent or food or stuff like that, you know? And just hearing you now makes me realize that I, it doesn't matter that much. It's, thank you, Daniel. I'm already so rich just because I have this program and because I have God in my life and I don't need like too much money, just enough to buy food. So just thank you for all your, everything you said. I really, really, really do appreciate it. Thank you, Natalie. Uh, moving up, Moeen. Yes, thank you, Francis, and thank you, Jackie, for your great share. I really can identify um, with your share and relate to it. I have lots of fears um, and actually some, some types of phobias, like um, fear of height, fear of uh, flight, um, and... Uh, things like that, fear of accident, car accident, and things like that. And uh, even I have um, uh, I have uh, a regular nightmare every other week about falling down from from height, and because of uh, it's it's been um, my whole time, my whole life phobia. And um, yeah, I, I wanted to ask uh, if you have you have you tried the to get some professional help on your fears in addition to the program and working the steps on it and using the tools of the program. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Moeen. Um, so if I understand your, your question is, have I uh, uh, asked for professional help with my fears? Um, yeah, I have had one time, um, this this was a, a couple of years ago, but um, I don't, I, as, as you mentioned, I, I'm not having phobias, but I, you know, there was a moment that fear levels were quite high um, and that I didn't know how to deal with it. So I did uh, ask for professional help. Um, and that has helped me. That has helped me, you know, just getting things manageable and into reality. So, yeah, you know, um, I've shared on how the program has helped me. But, um, you know, I have also uh, uh, asked for uh, professional help. Yes. But then it's an outside issue. Okay, thank you. Thanks, uh, Jackie. Thanks, Moin. What Carlos? Thank you very much, uh, Jackie. Uh, in brief, uh, awesome share for me. Uh, I relate a lot with, because in my childhood, my mom told me many, many times that I was a coward. So I raised up my defenses. Uh, I built up walls in front of the wall, and I kept inside. So nowadays, in in, in, in sobriety, in recovery, uh, I realized that uh, my vulnerability. Uh, I'm fragile. I am weak. But these are, I think, the tantrum because this is a childish way, and not uh, uh, facing that I am fearful. This is, I think, the main purpose of my nowadays uh, kind of disease. Part of my last is fearfulness 
I am fearful of others have, uh, achieving new tasks. So I want to ask you uh, how in your daily life, in your current uh, life, uh, face uh, fears? Doing, thinking, uh, asking, uh, praying. Yeah, I think this is not a, <laughs> a receipt, but if you can give me, I would like to, to listen. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Con Carlos. So your your question is uh, a, a kind of like a recipe for the uh, daily life of fears. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that is, you know, it's the same as treating it like lust. Uh, what is coming up? Acknowledging what is making me fearful. Because, you know, one day it can be that, you know, I'm fearful. Oh, oh my goodness, what is going to happen today at work? I don't know. And that is acknowledging, okay, I'm feeling a bit fearful, but you know what? I'm going to go through this, you know, accept the things I cannot change, encourage to change the things I can. If I get challenges on my path, you know, I can ask for, for uh, my higher power to help me or I can pause or I can ask for help from others. So, yeah, keeping it uh, short and sweet then, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh... Thanks, Jackie. Thanks, Juan Carlos. And our next question is coming from Rain, please. Hello. Uh, thank you, Jackie, so much for your share. I was relating to a lot of it and noticing my fear of the unknown. But then at one point when I was kind of connecting it to lust, I realized my equivalent of the fear is jealousy, And the way you framed it and the way you are gentle with yourself and you're just accepting and admitting that fear is hard for you and that you have a lot of, it, it triggers you into many different behaviors. I just started applying that to jealous, that I'm a jealous person. And I've known that, but the way you, you talked to it, you were so gentle. I was just like, oh, I can... I need to be careful because when I become jealous, I become dangerous. And even though I'm not currently acting out when I get jealous, I do destructive behaviors and I'm, and I'm consciously working on that, but your approach, it was like a new approach and I can just walk knowing that about myself and just like, okay, you have this issue and you need to be careful and watch where your thoughts go and what you do. So that was super helpful. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Rain. Goha. Hey, I'm Goha, recovering alcoholic. Thank you so much for your share. <clears throat> I can really relate. I'm going through a lot of fears, anxiety, worrying, constant worrying these days. I am 22 years old, um, but sometimes it really becomes, it, it becomes, I really struggle with fears at my job. And I am afraid when I face different situations, And I worry, and the, the fear, worries, and anxiety kind of mix, mixes up. So I'm really grateful, and um, your, your, your way of describing it is really helpful, that I should treat fear like lust, and I should bring God. I know that my fears are due to my control, my ego. My ego does, doesn't want to let go of things. I want to control the results, the outcomes. So I, I will definitely pray, ask for help, and I will definitely uh, need a lot of experience, strength, and hope uh, and fear. So thank you so much for sharing. Okay, thank you, Goha, for that. 
And moving on, uh, Walter, you're up. Sorry, it just took me a little while to unmute. Hi, I'm Walter, I'm a sexaholic. And uh, Jackie, thank you very much. It was really a pleasure to uh, to see you again and to, to hear you share. Um, I identify with the fact that fear was quite hidden for me. And it was almost always coated with lust. And today, I'm aware of fear sometimes, but often when I do my 10th step inventory, fear is still lurking in the background i'm sure it's present but it's still hiding um i really identified with the fear about economic insecurity i'm a kind of consultant i work now and again and almost i have less fear when i'm not working and i'm trusting in god than when i am working and then i feel secure and i'm trusting in walter and uh, I know that that is kind of unhealthy. You know, I, I'm on strongest ground when I'm trusting in God. So uh, I, I felt uncomfortable when I heard you reading that from the big book. <laughs> Thank you very much for, for uh, speaking to us today. I pass. Thanks, Walter. Uh, our next question is going to come from Federico, please. Thank you, Francis, and uh, thank you so much, uh, Jackie, for uh, for your share. Good to see you. Good to hear you. And um, yeah, yeah, sort of uh, uh, brought me back a little bit to. I, I think I met you at Pantasaf in the convention in uh, twenty start of twenty eleven, uh, which I was really, really afraid of going to. It was my first convention. Um, but anyway, thank you for for sharing about fears because it's been one of my experiences as well that I had to really get specific about fears, plural. I have lots of fears in my head. I tend to tell myself I have fear about something, but actually I have lots of different fears. And very often I also, I've also found that my fears are related, like you shared, you know, about to step three and, and to, and to the higher power. Uh, you know, for example, a few years ago, I got very fearful about driving and I was angry and whatever, even though I'd been driving for like 20 years. And only when I did a little bit of work on it, uh, did I realize that actually there was at, b below the fear, I, I wasn't trusting. I wasn't trusting that God could keep not me safe, but could keep the children in the back safe. And I had gone into a place of lack of lack of higher power, basically. And uh, my sponsor often suggests to me that when I'm looking at fears or when I'm redoing my step fours, that I that I really put the higher power into it. Like, you know, how does it feel without my higher power? Or how does, how does this feel with my higher power? And the very quick question is, how do you detect fear? How does it, does it come up for you? Is it a feeling? Is it a sensation? For me, it's something in my gut, really. And sometimes I get the, you know, the washing machine head. Um, what is, what is, how does fear come up for you? Thank you. <laughs> That's a good question. I think you named all three of them. <laughs> I don't need to add any more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay, thanks, Jackie. Uh, Greg, did you have your hand up? Yeah, um, I was just wondering. I, I wanted to read something, another thing from the big book that really uh, sank fear into me. It was an evil and corroding thread. The fabric of our existence was shot through with it. It set in motion trains of circumstances which brought us misfortune we felt we didn't deserve but we did didn't we not ourselves set the ball rolling and it's so true you know 
And thank you so much, Jackie, for uh, picking the topic number one and uh, your great talk on it. You know, I think all your examples were great, but the one that really hit me was, you know, when I was married, I was afraid to tell the truth to my wife. Why? Fear of how she would react. So that was one of my best examples of my fear of telling the truth to her, a fear of how she would act. And, uh, you know, that was the worst example of fear that I could think of. Another thing I've heard is how, uh, how many times my fears would play out. How many times? And 95% of the time, and where did I come up with that? I don't know. But 95% of the time, my fears did not come to fruition. You know, how crazy is that? That I, the time wasted, the time that was wasted, my fears didn't come to fruition. So anyway, a great topic, Jackie, and you did an amazing job on it. Thanks again. Thank you, uh, Greg. Okay, moving on. And to Harsh, please. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, hi, Jackie. Thanks for sharing. Uh, it is something very relatable at some point of time. And I can definitely relate to a part where you shared that whenever I emo whenever the emotion comes in, it started reacting a different way. And for me, it is like, you know, not very really limited to the fear, but also the, the defects and the emotions which I can, which I can, which has a tendency to make me miserable from inside. And I started reacting by like using my phone rather than connecting with other members, you know, trying to control the situation with the help of social media. And uh, it just makes me more miserable. And obviously the fears, uh, the fear will gonna add up uh, after that. But, uh, you know, but rather than taking such actions, if we take the help of recovery and they read the prayer and connect with the SM member, or at least after that connect to a meeting, it just gone, you know, we are, we find our, we find our peace and we move on with the day. So that, that is a powerful thing I want to take away. And thanks for sharing. You know, we all have some sort of fear, but uh, we need to, do the part within ourselves. So thanks for letting share. Yeah. Thank you, Hush. Uh, Yossi. Hi, uh, Yossi Greco, recovering sexaholic. Um, thank you for your share. It was really, really relatable. Um, for me, fear comes up the most in uh, financial fear. It's uh, one of my character defects, and I've been noticing that. I think in another place where it comes up, and I just want to read from the from the uh, from the promises, uh, the you know ten eleven fear of people in economic insecurity will leave us, which to me is like a promise I definitely want. And the eleventh is we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. And so that part over there, I think for me, fear also comes out in decision making. And I'm just interested to know, but and and, and I think that I'm, I'm not sure what to do because I'm not sure, I'm fearful of whichever one I would choose would be the wrong option. And so I just want to know if there's a, you know a way to notice that and then have to work the fear of of just not being able to make basic decisions and bigger decisions even more so. We see that as a fear at all. Thank you. 
Okay. Yeah. So, so your question, I understand, is um, the fear in making the right decision. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I know that one too. And, <laughs> but um, what was shared with me is that you know, there the, basically there is no uh, wrong or right decision. It's dealing with the consequences, and that's where I'm really fearful of of what I'm really fearful of, dealing with the consequences, because I want to think it through. Uh, I know what I'm dealing with. So, I, um, you know, that's uh, that's the main thing. And, and knowing that, you know, okay, um, I make a decision, uh, the best possible decision, and time will tell me, did I make a right decision or, or was it best for me or had I done something else? And I can learn from that. If it wasn't a decision, that was the right decision for me. And if it wasn't a right decision, I need to – deal with the consequences and take my responsibility in that. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, thanks, uh, Jackie. And as we are nearing the end, we'll just say now, anybody with less than 30 days who may want to ask a question or share, please raise your virtual hand. And our next person is Sean. Uh, Thank you. I'm Sean. I'm a sexaholic. And Jackie, thank you very much for your chair. Uh, Lots of identification, uh, particularly around fear. Um, you know, I'm an alcoholic and a sexaholic and I'm a crippled fear addict as well. You know, it's, it's ruled my life. There's no question about that. Um, one question I did have for you, though, is how often you do your step tens, whether that's something you do daily or is it as and when the fears arise? Um, yeah. OK, so so uh, how often do I do my step 10? Um, actually, you know, what I mentioned about work, that was a really written step 10. Uh, normally, it's on a daily base. Uh, before I go to bed, I kind of like just summarize the day, you know, and that that's taking a board, what is sticking to me, what is making me feel uncomfortable, and those kind of things. Um, I, I ha- didn't really realize that I was that fearful until it was suggested to me by my sponsor to do this this written step 10 so this has been my experience I can't lay anything out if it helps you um, you know you could do that but um, yeah this is uh, this is uh, what I do you know just I kind of like just look over the day before I go to bed and when I'm saying my prayers Thank you, Jackie. Thanks, uh, Sean. Uh, Lee, over to you. Hi, my name's Lee, and I'm a real sexaholic. Uh, Great talk, uh, Jackie. I really appreciated every word of it. I want to thank Greg for reminding me that worry helps a whole lot. Uh, The more things I worry about, the less happen. Uh, So I think that uh, that was a good reminder. Another acronym I've heard for fear is forgot everything's all right. So forgot everything's all right is a way to do that uh, and uh, surrender. And uh, I appreciate the, uh, the implication that surrender is the solution. I heard another great story about how to get over fear with surrender. And uh, that was relax. Nothing is under control, uh, which is a statement of uh, <laughs> uh, of surrender. Um, I also appreciate your uh, 
reference to my favorite uh, passage in the big book about clinging to the thought that in God's hand, a dark past is the greatest possession we have. Uh, and what I believe is that fear is an experience and so is uh, spiritual connectedness. And the way I stay spiritually connected is with digital media throughout the day. I have a stream of either accountability partners or sponsees that uh, punctuate uh, everything throughout the day. Uh, do you have any special uh, actions that you take uh, uh, to keep that connection? Uh, because my fear is so great. I just need a steady stream of the infusion of God to keep me comfortable. So do you have something special you do? Uh, and that's all. Thank you, Lee. Uh, no, I don't have anything special other than, uh, you know, using the prayer. And I, I uh, remember that uh, this was in one of the uh, uh, first convention, first or second convention that I went to in an old time, a long time sober member, as a member was sharing about uh, the prayer re reflex or the, yeah, the prayer reflex. And I first mm. used that for, um, and I still use that for, uh, for lust. Sometimes I don't even realize when my eyes quote something that I'm already praying. Um, and that's, that's what I basically do uh, also for for my fears, and that you know when they're too big that I uh, I uh, share them either with my sponsor or um, with an, with my accountability partner. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of the Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve. Uh -huh.